Hey everybody, welcome to the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about the delicious, certified, gluten-free breads, bagels, English muffins, and other baked goods that are made right here in Johnstown, Colorado. Canyon Bakehouse's gluten, dairy, nut, and soy-free products make it easy for families to enjoy the taste and texture of fresh bread so everyone can love bread again. Find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle, or purchase online and visit canyonglutenfree.com to grab a coupon. On the high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three, it's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores! J.D. Or Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low. Hornung. Dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10. Here's Van Pelt. He's at the 5. Touchdown, Colorado State. What's up, guys? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. It is football Friday, which means we are here to talk football. All kinds of exciting college football happening this weekend. We've got a cool show lined up for you guys. We're going to go over the Mountain West slate as we always do. I'll give you five picks for the week. So that's just, you know, five games where I pick the winners straight up. Not going to mess with the spread or anything like that. And then I'm going to close the show out by answering some of the mailbag questions. Thank you to everybody that participated and sent us some questions. Really helpful. Some of the questions were really great, and I'm uh, really looking forward to getting to them. But as I said, first we are going to start things off here with just a little bit of college basketball. Um, I know it's technically football Friday, which means we're pretty much just going to focus on football. But I did want to take a quick moment to recognize Nico Carvacho as well as some of the, I think, well, I'm pretty sure it was the entire staff, uh, went out to Texas earlier this week for PJ Bird's father's funeral. He unfortunately passed away recently. Uh, Our thoughts are obviously with PJ as well as his entire family. Really tragic situation, but I just thought it was cool that as the team leader, Carvacho was there as well as the coaching staff, just to show their support for a guy. I mean, he's not, he hasn't been here a long time, obviously transferred in in the off season, going to play this season, but just for the staff to be there for him early, I think that's a good sign. I just, you know, you want when you, as a parent, like if you were to send your kid there, that's what you would want. You know, you'd want the staff to be there for him in in those tough moments. You sell the kids on that that it's more than just basketball, you're a family, that CSU's entire mantra is team together. And they're demonstrating that here. So I just thought I would take 
a brief moment and just recognize that I also have some audio here from Nico Carvacho just talking about that and how the team has been there for PJ during these tough times. Sure. Obviously tough for PJ. Yeah. Loses his father, right, when he comes in. Uh-huh. What kind of things are you guys telling him? Have you guys been in contact? Yeah, me, I'm actually going down tonight to go to his dad's funeral, me and some of the coaches, so I think that's going to help him a lot to understand that, like, you know, we're here for him and we're a team. And, you know, it's not something, you know, it sucks to say, but, you know, I happened to E when I was here. So it's something like, you know, I know how to kind of handle a little bit. I've been through it. I know how to help him out. And, uh, you know, I think once he gets back, you know, we'll just love him and care for him. And, you know, he'll, he'll get right back to it. Thank you again to Nico Carvacho. He's always just a really gracious interviewee. Always, you know, takes the time to make sure that he can answer every kind of question that I have. You know, some players, they're little bit more short or you can just you know you get the general sense that they'd rather be anywhere than with you right there in that moment but Nico never acts that way always treats the media great and yeah I think he's gonna have a really big senior season if you haven't read the article yet that we published recently talked about just how he he's still hungry for success you know he wants to win he's obviously broke all kinds of records has his name plastered throughout the CSU record books but all that matters to him at this point is winning, and he wants to take this team to the NCAA tournament. And while I do think there will be a learning curve trying to get this many new bodies to mesh and gear together, I do think this team has a lot of talent. I think they have a couple of crucial key veterans as well as some nice young guys that are coming back, the sophomores. And, you know, I'm really excited about this freshman class. I think everybody is. Going to have an article coming out about that soon as well, probably Saturday, maybe Sunday, just depending on the travel schedule. I will be heading out to Logan for the CSU-Utah State game, leaving early Saturday morning. Should get in there with plenty of time before the game. Looking forward to it. The weather is supposed to be pretty crappy, which is a bummer because Logan is really gorgeous, and I was looking forward to that drive, but now it's going to be a little bit tough. Hopefully it's not too bad. It's, I don't think it's going to be flood rains or anything, but, you know, hopefully I'll, I won't have any issues or anything like that. Anyways, let's get right into the Mountain West preview portion. It's football Friday after all. Might as well talk a little bit of football. A uh, pretty interesting week for the Mountain West. I wish I would have actually got this podcast out a little bit sooner because the Friday night matchup between Air Force and San Jose State, which is actually going on as I record this. It's currently 21 Air 21 to 10 Air Force at halftime. It's been really competitive. Um, Air Force, I think, is one of the sleeper teams to probably compete for a conference title this year. They've got just a really complete offense. Their defense has been solid. They're containing a San Jose State offense that's actually been pretty good this year. Spartans obviously coming off of a massive upset of Arkansas. Still not sure how CSU fans feel about that one. I think a little bit of envy, obviously, seeing the lowly Spartans come up with the upset win over Arkansas. I mean, I think it's just natural to feel a little bit of, how couldn't that not have been us? You know, why not me? But nonetheless, I think they're also a little bit stoked to see Arkansas suffer a little bit, I think. A lot of fans are just not gonna not gonna like that Arkansas loss for a long time, so maybe good to see them lose to the Lily Spartans, but Air Force San Jose State off to a pretty good start, pretty competitive, twenty one ten, 
but it's pretty much been back and forth starting Saturday. A lot of night games tomorrow. A little bit surprising, but happens a lot when you have this many West Coast schools. Obviously, you have CSU at Utah State at 530. We've talked about that game a lot. We'll talk about it a little bit more later with all the mailbag questions and whatnot, but Wyoming versus UNLV, 6 p.m. Cowboys coming off of a tough loss at Tulsa. Really inconsistent offense. That's something we've talked about frequently. Just can the Cowboys get that passing offense going with Sean Chambers? He has been you know, great in the run game, but their lack of passing offense is really just making it difficult for them. And they have a great defense. They have a defense that's competitive enough to really take that team far, but they kind of have to figure out that offensive identity because at one point they were, you know, going back and forth between Vanderwall and Chambers. And I think as CSU fans are very familiar with over the last couple of years, if you have two quarterbacks, you actually have no quarterback. So have to figure that out. I don't think they'll actually end up going with anyone other than Chambers. He kind of has that just Tebow mania vibe going for him where he's the fan favorite, led the team to four straight wins at the end of last season as a freshman after not playing all year. Now he comes back, gets the upset win over Missouri. So he's just got a lot of mojo going with him with the fans. And I'm sure Craig Bull doesn't forget that kind of stuff either. I don't think he's going to have a super short leash or anything. But kind of just an interesting game, Wyoming at home, playing a pretty bad UNLV team. Tony Sanchez, we've talked about it for weeks now, definitely coaching for his life. The Rebels have struggled all year could be a situation where he's gone before the end of the season so interesting game probably gotta pick the Cowboys if you're betting on it but just with home field advantage and they're definitely the better team but you never know with the Rebels sometimes they are competitive in weird games another interesting game Fresno State hosting New Mexico State New Mexico State was in a really exciting shootout with the Lobos last week down in Albuquerque back and forth game Lobos ended up winning in the end, but a lot of fun to watch. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Fresno State has not gotten off to the start that they were looking for. You know, They had quite a bit of returning talent on defense. They did lose some guys, lost their quarterback last year. That always hurts, but you know they looked pretty good against USC in week one. Still lost that game, but I think there was reason to believe. You were, you were still confident if you were a Bulldogs fan at that point. Tough loss against a competitive in-state team you can live with that Minnesota loss a little bit more frustrating they had a lot of chances that they left on the board but yeah just they're inconsistent man they, they really struggled against this uh, D2 team last week and now you got a New Mexico State offense that's pretty electric could give them some trouble ultimately I imagine at home Fresno State's able to take care of business but you never know could be a game to pay attention to Hawaii at Nevada 8 30 p.m. Another game you could watch after the CSU-Utah State game. Both of these teams have electric offenses. I don't expect a whole lot of defense to be played in this game. Could be a situation where you're looking at you know, 60s and the 50s, but I've talked about it a lot this year. I really like the Cole McDonald-Cedric Bird combination for Hawaii. I believe in I believe in the Warriors, but that is a tough road game. I mean, Nevada's really been throwing up a lot of points for pretty much the last year and a half at home. I'm sure they're going to have a nice crowd, nice edge. But can Nick Rolovich lead that Warriors team to a win on the road? We shall see. New Mexico playing at Liberty. Not a very exciting game. Lobos coming off of a big win 
over New Mexico State would have been bad for them to lose that one. Just you never know how many games you're going to win when you're New Mexico. Though CSU definitely does not have room to take shots at the moment. So I guess I should be careful with what I say. But yeah, that's a really boring game. So we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. Lobos need to win that game, but it really wouldn't surprise me if for some reason they, they lost on the road. That just seems to be what New Mexico does. But it's been a weird year for them. Uh, head coach has had some health issues, Bob Davey. Um, I don't know, maybe that wins him some sympathy. He's kind of an asshole, but I don't know. Maybe that maybe that wins some some sympathy, some brownie points with the fans. San Diego State on a bye week as well as Boise State. Aztecs come to town next week for homecoming. Uh, that game has got a lot of flack for the late start. I get it. Nobody wants to be at the stadium till one in the morning, but that's out of CSU's control. The TV, you know, they dictate all of that. It's going to be on ESPN two. Good chance for the Rams to get some some exposure on national television. Though there always is the argument that not a lot of people are watching those late West Coast games anyway. I mean, a couple of years ago, when Christian McCaffrey should have won the Heisman. At Stanford, I think that was evident that people just don't stay up late enough on the East Coast to watch those games. So really, is it that valuable for CSU to play this late? It's That's up for debate. I, I don't know the answer is what I'm telling you. I mean, I think there's just a lot of different ways you can look at it. When the game's earlier in the day, people complain that it's too hot. So like, I don't know. I don't know if there really is a time that'll satisfy everyone, but you're certainly not wrong to be frustrated with the late kickoffs, you know, with families and everything you want with homecoming, especially you want it to be a family affair. Maybe you have your grandparents coming in. You want to take your kids, the whole family. And this kickoff just makes it really tough on you. So I get it. I feel your sympathy and I'm not criticizing you for being upset about it. There's that's, it's totally valid. And I get it. You know, you want to support your team. They're one in three and now it's just getting harder and harder with these late kickoffs and they're not going anywhere because you got a late start coming up at San, if, if, against San Diego State. You got another one at Wyoming. New Mexico is going to be a Friday night game. Wouldn't surprise me if later in the year you have a couple other ones. So, yeah, a lot of late night games. Hopefully you get the caffeine going. But when we come back from break, we're going to go over the mailbag questions and I will give you briefly just five picks for the week five games I'm kind of intrigued by five games you might want to keep your eye on but yeah we're going to take just a quick break it's time to take a second to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery the official beer of DNVR Breck recently collaborated with Colorado's own Talbot Cider Company to create an apple blonde ale that tastes like late summer in a glass brewed with 49% unprocessed apple cider from the fabled Palisade Grand Valley produce region Colorado Core has the crisp tart taste of apples with a clean bone dry finish. Crafted to reduce gluten free so you won't feel guilty for reaching for a round or two, this crowd pleaser will be popular at your barbecue, family functions, whatever you're doing. Check it out at your local liquor store or visit Breckenridge Brewery and taste their delicious new creation, Colorado Core. Welcome back to the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. That Colorado core is some tasty stuff. Let me tell you what, posted about it earlier on Twitter, really a light tasting beer. If you're not a big beer person, it kind of has a 
almost like a champagne vibe. Not quite that bitter. It's got the apple taste, so it's a little smoother than that, a little sweeter than that. But it's not quite so overwhelming like some of the other apple beers. I've had like a shock top apple beer in the past, and it was just a little bit overwhelming. It almost tasted like you took a shock top and dropped a Jolly Rancher in it or something. But this is a lot smoother. It's a lot more subtle, closer to a cider, maybe a champagne, something like that. But really good. Highly recommend it. Definitely check it out. But before I get into the mailbag questions, and thank you again to everybody that participated, just going to briefly go over a couple of games here that I'm interested in. Starting with in the morning, number eight, Wisconsin versus Northwestern. Wisconsin ran straight through Michigan making Jim Harbaugh look like a chump last week. Man, Wisconsin, one of the more exciting teams in the in the country. I think they could be a sleeper to maybe win the national championship. Them and Oklahoma have been the two teams that I think I've really enjoyed watching the most so far this season. Shout out to Eddie Hers, big Wisconsin guy. I know he's stoked to see his Badgers thriving. Going to try and get Eddie on post-game podcast tomorrow night. We'll obviously be out in Logan for the game, so hopefully we can get him on. But I think Wisconsin should take care of Northwestern, you know, rather easily. I just am interested to see how dominant they are. They look like one of the best teams in the country. Moving past that, I think number 10, Notre Dame, they're going to rebound from a tough loss at Georgia with a win over number 18, Virginia. Virginia's 4-0, but they played a bunch of cupcakes at this point. I just don't really believe in it. I mean, they've looked pretty good. I mean, I'm not trying to... I. I guess I am talking trash, but, you know, I just, I don't I believe in Notre Dame a lot more. That showing against Georgia last week on the road really showed me a lot about that team, and I think Notre Dame is going to be able to respond with a win there. Uh, next game, not quite as sexy, at least on the national standards, but Toledo hosts BYU. I'm really intrigued by this game. Toledo's offense, really exciting. Ram fans got to see it up close and personally, unfortunately, but uh, I think... It's a game that Toledo could probably win at home. They got that electric offense, as I said, and BYU's a team where, you know, when they're at home in that in that venue, it's really tough to beat them. But on the road, I just I don't know if I trust them quite as much. I like Toledo to take down BYU at home, lock it down. Number 17, Washington, taking on number 21, USC. Really like what I've seen from Washington's offense that far from really really clicking at quarterback and I just think it's too tough of a task for USC with third string quarterback really really gutsy effort at Utah last Friday impressive road win for the Trojans just given the circumstances we're able to gut out uh just a tough hard-fought victory really enjoyed watching that game along with the Boise State Air Force game but I think at Washington at home that's just going to be too much uh one last Pac-12 game number 19 Utah I think they respond with a win over Washington State at home. I love watching Washington State's offense. They're so electric. And, you know, they got running back out of Pomona, Max Borgie, local kid, next Christian McCaffrey. Not, not quite, but he's a phenomenal athlete, really just incredible in the open field, you know, can catch out of the backfield. There's not really anything he can't do. But, that you know, that Washington State, <laughs> Washington State, Washington State defense, a little bit sketch, a little bit inconsistent. I think Utah responds at home with a win over a very talented Washington State team. All right, let's 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 jump into the mailbag here. Shout out to everybody 
that participated. I want to do this more frequently. One thing I did want to bring up, uh, I'm not going to call out anyone specifically. This isn't me trying to shame anybody or anything like that. But if you have critical questions, totally fine. You know, it's you're there one in three. You can criticize your team all you want. That's part of it. But please don't like tag CSU football or tag a coach or something like if you want them fired or something like that. I just don't think it's productive. It doesn't do anything. We can have that discussion. I published an article saying that it's time for CSU to move on from Jancic. So it'd make me a hypocrite if I say that it, you guys can't say stuff like that. That's certainly not the case. I just don't think tagging them on social media does anything. At that point, it's just like borderline harassment. Like, I don't know. I just don't think it's necessary. I think you can have the conversation, have the debate without actually tagging them. I would appreciate it if everybody could respect that request, but... You know, we'll we'll move forward. First question, somebody asks, Michael T. Johnson at MT underscore Johnson asks, honestly, what are the odds John Jancic will be fired before the season's end? That's a great question. <laughs> I think it's time. I think we have not seen enough out of this defense. It's too early at this point. They're not gonna they're not gonna do it now. If it happens, it's probably gonna be with one of the bye weeks. Uh, that's just kind of how it works in college football. You have the two weeks to make changes and and get comfortable the problem is and this is something I probably should have addressed more in my column it's I don't know who you promote at least moving forward if you fired Jancic midseason Bobo's kind of tied himself to him at this point just given I think a lot of the position coaches honestly maybe need to be reevaluated as well especially secondary linebackers uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know who you, who you would promote to step up in that situation. So if we're being honest, I'd, I'd say probably not super high. I think probably going to have to ride it out with this coaching staff and see how it plays out. But you never know. Maybe they just decide enough is enough. Can't get any worse than it's been with Jancic. We'll ride it out with Keith Gilmore or, or someone or shoot. I don't know. Maybe Bobo calls defensive plays for some games and he has Joe Cox or Ronnie Letson call plays on offense. I don't I don't know. There there are a lot of different routes you could do it, but that would definitely be the sign of a team that is desperately seeking change. Maybe that's what needs to happen. We'll see. Next question comes from Austin White at AJ Rules 44. Shout out to Austin. Austin worked with me at the Collegian, currently a sports reporter for the Pueblo Chieftain. A great writer. Definitely follow him at AJ. Uh, w rules 44 austin white he asks where is csu going to go for offense this week with some big names doubtful to play can o'brien take over this offense without its biggest playmaker so far in kinsey this is a great question can csu move the football likely without warren jackson and marvin kinsey you're missing two of your biggest playmakers you're already missing your starting quarterback Utah State, a defensive-minded team under Gary Anderson, calling for rain. Really tough spot. Who do you turn to? I think you need a good game from Marcus McElroy. He's the obvious answer in the backfield. You're going to see Hunter, some of these freshman guys maybe. But, you know, the thing is, is at some point you need Marcus McElroy to step up. He hasn't really had that game yet. Beginning of the season, I think he was definitely slowed uh, impacted by an ankle injury, however you want to put it. 
but it's time for him to step up. They need him to step up in the in the backfield. He's who I'm looking to at wide receiver. Obviously, you're hoping, you know, Dante Wright can go off. Can you get the ball to him downfield? Hopefully, but I mean, if Warren's not in the game, they're going to spotlight on him. So maybe you can get Nate Craig Myers involved. He's a deep, deep threat guy. As I said before, 50-50 balls with him are more like 70-30. So those two guys, but more than anything, I think you really need to try and get Trey McBride, your tight end, as well as Cam Butler involved. Last couple weeks, I haven't really seen as much out of them. And I just think that this offense can really thrive if you get the tight ends involved. It sets up the play action. They can block for the running backs. It just it opens up so much. You have talented wide receivers. You're always going to be able to take shots downfield, but you need those tight ends, especially in the middle. But in order to get them the ball, you need O'Brien to be a lot more accurate between the sticks. Bobo thinks a lot of his accuracy issues last week had to do with nerves. Just wasn't stepping up with his throws enough. That's possible. We'll see. Need him to step up. Next question, at Arik E. Why is CSU so SAD sad, sucky-ass defense? Oh, man, so many things. Tackling's been poor. They haven't been able to limit the explosive play. They've been out of position. Communication has been poor. You know, I mean, the list goes on and on. Not a great start. I really like this question from Sam Jenkins at Jenkins 712 Tony Frank was very hands-on with athletics. Should we expect the new president to do the same? You know, the honest answer is I don't know enough about Joyce McConnell to accurately say. I will admit that she comes from, or I will say she comes from West Virginia, which obviously has very successful athletic programs. They definitely care a lot about athletics. So I think she has that understanding of what athletics can mean to a university Morgantown, a great college town, great vibe for game day and stuff like that. So I think she gets it. If if the stands are not full, I mean, she's going to have to make some kind of action. Now, is she the kind of president that comes in and immediately makes changes? I don't know. That's that's a little bit tough. I just I think with everything that's going on currently on campus, you have a lot of other issues that are, are pretty important to deal with. They've got a lot of student unjust just with some racial stuff and, and stuff like that. And I'm not I'm not trying to make light of it at all. These are conversations that need to be had, but they're difficult ones. And, you know, she's just got to deal with a lot. We'll see, though. I, I personally hope that she's very invested in athletics because I think athletics are important for a school's profile and what they can do. I mean, we've seen it with Boise State. We've seen it with TCU, what they can, what they can do to raise – just the general interest in your school as a whole. So yeah, great question, Sam Jenkins. Thanks for asking. That's uh, something that I will hopefully be able to get into in greater detail pretty soon. I will try and you know find out. I'll research it, but there's only so much you can find out online. At the end of the day, I'm going to have to have some conversations with her. And you know, I talked to Tony Frank plenty of times in the past about athletics, and he certainly got it. He he's a guy who played a big role and bringing the on-campus stadium to life. He had a vision of a program where, you know, the alumni came back to campus every single weekend and they experience CSU and they feel like, you know, they're a student again and the whole nine yards. So CSU will definitely miss Tony Frank. Hopefully McConnell invests in athletics just as much as him. 
Moving on, Ike Pelton at OL Pelton 9. What core things does the D need to improve on to start slowing teams down? You know, I think first and foremost, getting lined up in the right position will start. A lot of the times if you look pre-snap, guys, are their heads are still turned around. They're not in position. You just need better communication. The tackling needs to better and first and more than anything, just stop the dang run. You can't win when you give up 400 yards on the ground. That's pretty simple. doesn't take a genius. Another good question from Hector Castellanos at Notorious Heck. After Houston redshirted their quarterback, would CSU consider redshirting Dante Wright? This is a really intriguing question, and honestly, not something that I ever would have thought about what he is referencing. Houston decided to redshirt De'Ara King. He will sit out the rest of the season, take advantage of the four-game redshirt rule, will come back as a fifth-year senior in 2020, and play. So Houston basically, you know, the season hasn't gone the way they were hoping. He's had some injuries around the team. He's going to redshirt, come back, play next year, hope, hope he's with a better team. I've never seen anyone do this. I mean, I guess the four-game redshirt rule is not long enough to really have precedent, but... I doubt it. Just Bobo's coaching for his job, guys. Like that, he's not gonna be down to lose one of their best playmakers in hopes of you know saving him for a year, four years from now. You know, save his senior year, which would be way down the line four years from now if he redshirted this year. He's he's worried about being the coach in twenty twenty. So I don't foresee that happening, but it's a great thought, great question. Certainly one where you could understand the rationale. I mean, you're one and three. Ideally, you'd like to have Dante Wright for as long as possible. You redshirt him. Hopefully, you get to have him with some better teams down the line. But you just never know. That could really come back and bite you if he redshirts and decides to transfer or something like that. You just you just don't want that. Plus, you know, he's having a, having a hell of a year as a freshman. I think just having him on the field is good for keeping interest in this team and keeping everyone excited. But yeah, thank you to everybody that participated in the mailbag. If I missed your question, I sincerely apologize. Tried to get to all of them, but we'll have more opportunities. Going to be commuting to Utah on Saturday. If you're listening to this on Saturday, then today. But going to have content coming to you live from the stadium. Forecast is supposed to be crappy. Check out the Utah State CSU preview that I published today. Just talks about why this matchup is so difficult. You know, what makes Jordan Love so hard to play against and this defensive-minded team by Gary Anderson. Decent preview if I if I do say so myself, but that's about all we have. Thank you to everybody for listening. Have a great weekend. Khakis wearing graphic tees, feeling way too trendy. Raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly. Primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi. Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. But water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly like Nami.